Greetings, 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 St. Louis. This is St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston, where we size up current and historic events involving people, places, and things in areas such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, government, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports. We originate from and connect the gateway city to our country's current cultural fabric and state of affairs. Jeff Faulkner is in studio he is a longtime musician in many bands. He's got over 30 years of musical experience, including being in the band Soul Kiss. Last night he played at, in Cottleville, night before at Nine Mile Garden. But he's here to talk about the band Mr. Blue Sky, which is a tribute to the Electric Light Orchestra. Welcome, Jeff, to St. Louis in Tune. Hi there. Thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it. It's strange. I have over 30 years of musical experience, but I'm only 25. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah we're, we're both, Mark and I are 29. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. So we're youngsters in yeah. the profession yeah. here. Yeah. For about 35 years or something. Can I say something before you start? Yeah. yeah. I know. Jeff is wearing a Peaches Records and Tapes t-shirt. Boy, that oh, goes yeah. Back. Oh, yeah. It's that goes the, back. It's the greatest i bought many albums on vinyl and cassette at yeah. peaches i remember I, the, my first really brush with celebrity was going to peaches for an alice cooper meet oh. and greet oh wow and got to meet him and How fun uh, was that? he was cool wow. yeah. he yeah. is cool yeah good really good golfer is really? It? It really go figure he's that. like a scratch golfer wow yeah so when i was in rock radio at the old kadi Back in the day yeah we hung out with Alice once and watched football games. He loves football. Okay. Yeah, but he, you're right. He is what a swell, nice guy, fella he is. Yeah, his onstage persona, from what I hear, is much different it than is. his offstage yeah, persona. Absolutely. And he's he's a sober guy, too. And yeah. He's been sober for a very right. long time. Uh -huh. I can appreciate that because I, too, have been sober for a very long time. Yeah, Congratulations. good. Congratulations. Thank, you. Yeah. Thank you. Very nice, very nice. Which peaches, one last question, <laughs> <laughs> which peaches store did you like the best? I always went to the one on Hampton. Me, too. Yeah. Right. That was my favorite, too. Yeah, that was closest to my house. And, man, it was kind of like the hangout for everybody. Huge. We used to buy... That was back when you used to buy concert tickets at the record store. Right. People would camp out for concert tickets. Right, right. And, uh -huh. and concert tickets were much more reasonably priced. Oh, yeah. You could yeah, go yeah. see a great concert for 15 bucks, right. 20 bucks. Right. And now the Eagles want you to pay them $600. I for saw those. Ticket. I was like, holy smokes. Really? Geez. Is that right? Oh, yeah. For the yeah. Eagles, huh? Yeah. Hotel. Decent seats are like 500 bucks. Oh, my. You know? A piece. And, a and piece. Springsteen, I think he's charging like... For decent seats, he wants like seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. Oh like he's the working man's musician, right? Uh, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. What happened there? Uh, you know? <laughs> Good question. That's a whole nother show. Well, yeah. and that goes to the Mississippi River Festival, where nice. you could buy the whole festival ticket or buy yeah. the individual ones. Yeah, right. We went over there lately, just like not too long ago, six months ago, to see where the old. Did you ever go to Jeff? Did you ever go to the MRF Mississippi River Festival that at SIU Edwardsville? That may have been a little time. bit before my time. Okay, I thought we were older than. Him. Yeah, but I'm just I've, four years older. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> He's 25. So it's all grown over. There's trees now. Really? And there's a plaque out in the front, and they say don't you can't stop on the road to go take a picture of it. Hmm. But it's weird. I remember they had the big tent down there, right. and it was all lawn seating, and it was really, really kind of a cool place to right. go. Something I've certainly heard about, and. Yeah. Yeah, it was an awesome festival that, that took place here. It's all grown over. So now. we're getting into a lot of different things. So you play vinyl records then at home? Man, I don't, but I, I love 
I prefer the sound of vinyl. I prefer the sound of analog. It always sounds better. Uh, but it, and I think it's awesome that the vinyl thing is coming back in a big yeah. way. Yeah. People are going out to record stores and buying albums again. It's yeah. awesome. But I love uh, the convenience of of my Apple Music and Spotify. Right, right. <laughs> it doesn't sound as good, but from a convenience standpoint, I'm just not at home enough to yeah. sit around and listen to albums all day. Yeah. But I, like I said, I certainly prefer the sound of vinyl. And you miss, I, I miss going to buy a record, mm -hmm. even a, a CD, mm -hmm. bringing it home and reading the liner notes. Yep, and yep. I remember like the way a CD or even a, an album would smell when yeah, you bought yeah. it. And it just all added to the whole record buying yeah. experience. The album know? art, the art, oh, album great. art was always the my favorite yeah elo had a great speaking oh of elo gosh. they had some great album covers oh yeah absolutely yeah. a spaceship yeah. i think then they have a spaceship yeah. one out of the blue has right. a spaceship on there that's a double album but they they did cool things with their artwork bands back in the 70s they went all out man like the ar album artwork was just as important almost as the music on right. the record you right. know but the convenience of apple music and spotify right. uh, definitely great especially for someone like me who's just never at home and i can take my music wherever i go right but no it doesn't sound as good yeah and and you don't get that artwork you don't get those liner notes right so yeah i guess there's advantages disadvantages to both yeah, yeah. right so how'd you end up going with doing a tribute to electric light orchestra do you like elo like man i'm an elo junkie and i love this and mr blue sky is the song that i really hang on to. i am certainly an elo junkie I, I've always considered Jeff Lynne to be one of the best songwriters and producers ever in the history of music, in the history of rock and roll anyway. The amount of records, that, just the amount of records he's produced for other artists mm -hmm. is just staggering. And uh, a lot of those records he's produced, he's had a hand in writing a lot of those songs too. But yeah, I've always, I've, I've, I'm a huge Beatle fan, so... It's hard not to love ELO if you're a Beatle fan. I call ELO Beatles with strings. Right. Because oh. uh, the songs are, if you take the strings out of it, mm -hmm. it it's Beatles. And Jeff Lynne, will, he's admitted, admitted that. Wow. But I've always, like I said, re respected Jeff Lynne as a producer and a songwriter, and I just love ELO. My, my first brush with ELO was the Xanadu soundtrack of all things right. and Olivia Newton-John mm -hmm. rest in peace she was in that but the there's the A side of the soundtrack which is Olivia Newton-John songs written by other people and then the B side of that soundtrack is all ELO oh. and it is just it's like some of the best music on for any movie ever made. I mean, All Over the World's on that soundtrack. I'm Alive's on that soundtrack. Xanadu's on that soundtrack. You know, I remember hearing that going, man, who, what? I didn't even know who it was, but I was like this. It just connected with me yeah. big time. I'm a huge fan of vocal harmony, mm -hmm. and Jeff Lynne is... You know, that's his staple, man, is lots of harmonies, layered vocals. Right. He just likes to overproduce things, but he's a huge fan of harmony, as am I. Vocal harmony in particular. So, yeah, I mean, I've always, from that day, I've always ha had a connection there. But what clinched it for me was I'd, I'd been thinking about doing something 
doing a tribute, dipping my toe in the tribute pool, as mm-hmm. it were. Mm-hmm. There's lots of tri- the tribute thing is just exploding right now. Everybody and their brothers starting a tribute band. So I wanted it to be something different, a little bit different than any other tribute that's going on in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and I wanted it to be a tribute that has never occurred in St. Louis, and ELO kind of popped into my head as something that would be cool and i love all those songs Mm -hmm. and i didn't realize just how many great songs they had and (laughs) then i went to go see jeff lynn up in chicago in 2018 and it was just every song i was like i forgot about that song (laughs) then he played another song oh i forgot about that song oh wow and oh that's a great song too and that's a great every single song yeah what people don't realize a lot of people don't realize that they've heard ELO's music, but they don't know it's ELO because it's been in so many different movies and commercials. And every show that we do, at least four or five people come up to me afterwards and go, wow, I did not know that was Uh, an ELO ELO song. I didn't know this was an ELO song. Like, I didn't realize, like, I've heard this song in this commercial and that movie, but didn't know it was ELO. You know, It's, it's a strange thing. Like, they've... ELO should be like much bigger than they are, but they've always kind of flown under the radar a little why, bit. Why do you think that is? You know, I think most of it maybe is because Jeff Lynn is just one of these just unassuming guys that doesn't put himself out there. Mm-hmm. He's like a he's, he's like a resistant rock star. Like he's a reluctant rock star. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't do a lot of interviews. They don't do a ton of like promo and advertising type Uh stuff right he just he lets the music do the talking Mm -hmm. i mean they're huge you know i mean they have i think 20 over 20 number one singles more than that in the uk that's crazy but yeah going to see elo jeff Lindsay elo in 2018 and realize just realizing just how many great great songs are there is what clinched it for me we're talking to Jeff Faulkner, and he is organized Mr. Blue Sky, which is a tribute to Electric Light Orchestra, ELO. And that's going to be out at the Chesterfield Amphitheater. And is there just one more show that's not sold out, or are they all sold out now? As far as Ch- is Chesterfield Amphitheater shows sold yeah. out? We have not sold that out yet. Okay, no. so September 23rd. September 23rd. It's a Friday. We are bringing out the biggest production that we've ever brought out for any show this will be by far our the biggest show we've done to date and tickets we're not doing the eagles or springsteen thing <laughs> where we're going to price gouge people tickets are very reasonably priced it's uh it's, we're doing twenty dollars if we're individual tickets in advance we're doing four packs for sixty dollars which nice. equates to fifteen dollars a person nice. and then day of it'll be like twenty five right and for those of you who haven't, for those who haven't been out to Chesterfield Amphitheater, it is just one of the most gorgeous amphitheaters in the Never. area. It's really like a just a smaller version of R- Riverport yep. or Hollywood Casino. Yeah, I call whatever it, it is. It'll now. always yeah. be Riverport. That's correct. Me. It will always be Riverport. Uh, but it's basically just like a smaller version of that. Yeah, okay. I think capacity at Chesterfield is like four thousand. Wow. That's great. That's so, a nice side. Ticket sales so far have been really good. Good. They're going quick, so people can go to eventbrite.com mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. tickets, or they can go to our website, which is mrbluesguymusic.com, mm-hmm. 
uh, or they can go to ChesterfieldAmphitheater.com. Okay, three places there. How, how many members are in your ba- in the band, Mister Bluesky? We have ten people. Wow. So we got we have me, Ben Moyer on bass, Jesse Youngblood on violin, Abby Stalschmidt on violin, Jake Brookman, who was supposed to be with me here today but couldn't make it. He's on cello, Dave Watkins on guitar. Let's see, Stephen Winter on keys. Charlie Brown on second keys, Steve Bunk on drums, and Anastasia Hamilton on background vocals. Good for you. It's a a lot of mouths to feed. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, let's get a little flavor, Mark, of what he's talking about here. Jeff, about the harmonies, and you can probably get a lead sheet for guitar and bass and whatever else you need, maybe keyboards, but the singers, to get each of those parts and to get the richness and how you've described that was layered up, that's kind of a challenge. You know, sometimes people will hear, oh, I hear this part, and somebody else, well, that's the part I hear, so you have to hear it. How did you guys go about over the course of time, because you've been together for three years now, so maybe it's a little bit easier to do that. How do you go about layering that harmony together in these songs? Yeah, so there's five of us that sing, and you got to have that with an ELO thing, because mm-hmm. uh, there's just so many vocal harmonies going on and layers and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, even some of that stuff, he's even got choirs going on. Right. You know, but it's taken quite a bit of vocal rehearsals Mm -hmm. uh this project in general has taken just a lot of rehearsal time because it's not an easy thing to do and i didn't i didn't know what i was getting myself into (laughs) but the hard work is starting to pay off because we've got it dialed in now to a point to where it's it's real close to those records Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as close as we can possibly get it to those records and that was my goal as someone who's been doing it as long as I have, and I'm a bit of a perfectionist, I, I want it right. Oh, do absolutely. it right or don't do it. You right, know? right. And um, you didn't, like I said, I didn't quite know what I was getting myself into until I went in and started dissecting this stuff, and we started really working on it. But yeah, it's taken quite a bit of vocal rehearsal. And so when you talk about quite a bit of time, so the listeners understand, how many hours are we talking about here? Oh, man. Roughly. I would say we, we probably have had over 
maybe probably around 14, 15 different vocal rehearsals, three hours at a time. Horrible at math, so I don't know what that would equate <laughs> to. A lot of hours. Right, you right. Know? Uh, um, but you're right. There are no, like, lead sheets or sheet. There's no sheet music for vocal harmony. Right, right. So it's been basically us just kind of listening to it and picking out Mm-hmm. Picking out the parts and saying, you do this one, you do that one, you do this one, you do that one. Mm-hmm. And and it's so important for everybody to be dead on pitch. Right. Because when you have that many vocals going on at one time, if one person is even slightly off pitch, it, it sounds like a bunch of drunk people singing, you know. Mm-hmm. So what helps us out, too, <clears throat> is we're all in-ear monitor. And uh, you hear yourself so well that way. Mm-hmm. And why any full anybody in a full band situation is not on in-ear monitors these days is beyond me but and let people know again an in-ear monitor it's so in-ear monitors are earbuds that you put in to your ears that allow you to it's i equate it to like being in the recording studio mm-hmm. but you're but it's a in a live situation mm-hmm. Because you hear yourself as well as you would hear yourself in a recording studio. So rather than the monitor being on the floor, like Correct. back in the day, and right. maybe for the instrumentalists, they will probably do that. You guys have it in your ears. Exactly. And uh, the problem with the floor monitors is that a lot of times, amount of time I've been doing this, a lot of the places you, that you play that have house sound, those floor monitors are blown. Right. Like they they were blown years before you <laughs> even got there, you know, because people can't hear themselves. Yeah. So. And uh, a lot of times those things are pointed like up at the ceiling. Right. Oh, yeah. So you're like screaming to like, as a singer, you're screaming your head off to be able to hear yourself. Hmm. Within your monitors, I, I barely have to even push wow. to sing, to be able to hear myself. And it, for me, it's the only way to go. I will never go back. And the other singers are mixed in with that? Or and yeah. the instrumentalists also are just the vocalists? Yeah, all the other... Everybody can everybody can control their own in ear monitor mix too. Okay. okay, that's another advantage of being an ear monitor. Right, I have constructed my our own in ear in ear monitor system, to where our in ear monitor mix is the same everywhere we go, every show we play. Usually, like some slight slight tweaks to the mix here and there, but it stays the same. It's saved every time we play. Um, and the strength to me about that is because you go to different venues, you're adjusting sound because of the size of the room or outdoor, indoor, and this way it's all there. So it's the consistency, I imagine, is, mm-hmm. is much more stable. Yeah, and sound guys love it because right. our stage volume is literally nothing. Yeah, hmm. Most of the people in the band run direct. So hmm. the only real volume coming out off the stage is the drums. Yeah. You know, so for a sound guy, it's great because, and for the overall front of house mix, it's great because it gives the sound guy complete control over what's being heard. At a place like Chesterfield Amphitheater, it's not as much of an issue because the place is big and it's outside and everything. Right. But it still helps. It still helps that the sound guy has complete control. That's what you want at the end of the day. Right. And there's just... With the way technology has progressed, with in-ear systems and with with mixers and everything, like I said, man, for in my opinion, to not be on in-ear monitors in a full band rock band situation is just it's you're obsolete at this point, right. man. 
because I was at the NAM show a couple of years ago, and NAM is out in Anaheim, California. And NAM is the yearly convention that they do out there that all the music vendor, music equipment vendors release their new products. Hundreds of thousands of people right. go to this yeah. thing every year. And in the pro audio department, in the live audio department, it was all in-ear monitor. Huh. You know, like nobody was releasing <laughs> floor monitors, right. new line of floor monitors anymore right. <laughs> because they know everybody who knows what they're, anybody who knows what they're doing right. is using in-ears. Interesting. We're talking to Jeff Faulkner of Mr. Blue Sky, a tribute to Electric Light Orchestra, ELO, and we're going to go out listening to some of that. We're going to come back after, for our next segment, you're listening to St. Louis in Tune with Arnold Stricker and Mark Langston on the U.S. Radio Network. strive to bring you informative, useful, and reflective stories, as well as interviews about current and historic issues and events that involve people, places, and things. We cover a wide range of topics, such as the arts, crime, education, employment, faith, finance, food, health, history, housing, humor, justice, and sports, and that's just to name a few. While St. Louis In Tune originates from the Gateway City and covers local topics, we also connect to what's going on nationally as well. If you missed any of our previously aired programs of St. Louis In Tune, simply visit stlintune.com. That's stlintune.com. There you'll find the show notes and everything that was mentioned in that episode and all the other great episodes as well. And if you've got an area that you'd like us to examine deeper, well, just let us know by dropping us a note at stlintune at gmail.com. That's stlintune at gmail.com. St. Louis Intune. It's heard Monday through Friday on the usradionetwork.com and many great radio stations around the U.S. and, of course, right here in St. Louis. Our website, again, is stlintune.com. Visit us today. That's stlintune.com. Welcome back to St. Louis in Tune. This is Arnold Stricker with Mark Langston. We're talking to Jeff Faulkner from Mr. Blue Sky, a tribute to Electric Light Orchestra. That will take place September 23rd at the Chesterfield Amphitheater. If you want to get some tickets, you can go to Eventbrite. You can go to MrBlueSkyMusic.com. And those are two places where you can get some information on tickets. There are ticket changes in advance as far as the amount and then at the door. So September 23rd at the Chesterfield Amphitheater. And they're reasonably priced. And they are reasonably priced, <laughs> yes. right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So we were talking off air, Jeff. How many shows do you do a month in, in your personal <laughs> a performance? Day. You mean a day. So I'm currently in five bands. I do this for a living. So I'm usually around 18 to 20 shows a month on average between all those projects. And your big concern with the volume of the shows is my biggest concern with the volume is that i don't blow out my voice my singing voice right 
with my acoustic things that I do, my acoustic duo, Two Pedros, which is really good. I've got a key, keyboard player, Paul Kriege, who plays with me, and uh, we do a lot of like the yacht, yacht rock type stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, and then I do solo acoustic stuff, and I, I sing every song for both those projects. And uh, it's, it's great. Uh, I've just got to really be mindful of how many of those I'm doing in a week. You know, and uh, I have a hard time saying no, which is what the basic problem is. Um, People offer gigs and I say, yes, yes, sure. (laughs) Uh, And uh, and then I turn around and look at my calendar and I'm like, oh, okay, that was the sixth show that week where I'm singing everything. So I just it's a matter of just being more mindful of that stuff. But things have changed since you first really started to do this for a living where you were probably, yeah, yeah, I'll do that because you needed to get out there and get your name out there. And now that you've been doing this for 30 plus years, people are coming to you and... Yeah, keeping it booked isn't really a problem. We've made a good reputation for ourselves as far as my projects that play out regularly, been around a long, being around a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you also develop a good following of right. people. So... Venues and clubs and things like that don't hesitate to book you, you right, know. Right. But when you're doing, say, seven shows in five days, yeah. By the end of that run, by that fifth day, that seventh show, I'm out of it, man. Like I'm spent. You know, it's hard work. People don't realize just how hard of work it is. It is. But playing music for a li- like paying my bills by playing my guitar and singing. It's the best. <laughs> what more could you ask for? Like, I could be a Walmart greeter or something. Yeah. And I still might end up yeah. being one of those. But... We are. We do that on the weekends. <laughs> so when did you make not, the... <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with Walmart <laughs> right, greeters. Right, right. When did you make right. the break and say, yeah, I want to do this professionally, full time? So... Make, make the stab at it. When I first started playing music, I did all original music, wrote and recorded my own music and was in a somewhat successful band in the late 90s called Soul Kiss. And we were getting record label attention and all that stuff. And back then in your early 20s, you're thinking to yourself, well, cool, man. I mean, we're going to get a record deal and and win a Grammy and sell millions of records and I'm going to be rich and get a mansion and blah, 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 you know. Cool. But that didn't happen. Yeah. But it never occurred to me until I got a little older that just being able to pay your rent doing what you love to do is success that is success to me and really only I really only started doing this full time maybe four years ago oh wow four or five years ago I've always had little part-time day jobs that you know little throwaway gigs that I would just be like god I can't wait to quit this job because I the only thing I've really ever loved doing is is playing music anything involving music is what I'm truly passionate about what I really love to do and slowly but surely the gigs just kept getting more and more and more and got to a point to where I was like I don't need this little crappy day job anymore <laughs> right so cut the connection the tie mm-hmm. to that job and said I'm doing this full time and it was scary Oh yeah. oh yeah. Because now I'm relying on music to pay my bills, feed feed my dog and my son. Right. Right. You know, n- notice I said feed my dog first because that that's the priority. No, I'm, I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But it's a little scary. <clears throat> but I'm one of these people that 
likes to keep things very organized. Yeah. So I kind of figured out, you know, exactly how much do I need to play to be able to pay my bills, live comfortably. Right. I, I was able to figure all that out right. and uh, I've been able to do it. I've been able to, you know, it's a blessing, man. I'm, I'm very lucky. Now, you to be in that position, in my next question, it's directed folks, for those of you who are still struggling to do it full time, or for those of you who are, when you get home from middle school or elementary school or high school, you go into your room, you close the door and you pull the guitar out and you're practicing for like five or six hours and you think, this is what I want to do when I get out of here. What advice do you have for people like that? Because you can speak to that definitively. Yeah, I would say just don't give up. Right. You know, if you know that's what you want to do, you've got that goal. Set that as your primary goal and don't stop till you get there. And nothing comes to you. What you want is not going to come up to your door, knock on your door and say, here I am. Right. It's hard work. And this business is so competitive other than like acting and, and sports. I don't know if there's anything that is more competitive than music, but if you're good at what you do, you'll stay booked. You'll get booked and you'll stay booked. So that's number one, be good at what you do mm-hmm. and practice. Mm-hmm. You're right. I mean, I did that when I was 12 years old. I'd come home from school, like myself in my bedroom, play guitar my mom would call me to dinner I'd go to dinner go back into my room play guitar till bedtime but I loved it I wanted to be good so bad you know it's having having that passion for something having that drive and don't stop till you get what you want network network talk to everybody talk to other musicians get close with other musicians Mm -hmm. knowing the right people in this business is a lot of it you know, uh, whether you like it or not, but, uh, being easy to deal with mm-hmm. being reliable mm-hmm. on time. Mm-hmm. That's another one. What a great concept. You know? Yeah. <laughs> on time. Well, I went to recording school out in Phoenix, Arizona to study audio engineering and all of my teachers were like world renowned audio engineers, producers, you know? My one teacher worked in Nashville for years and recorded Johnny Cash and George Jones and Emmylou Harris and blah, 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 blah. You know, these guys knew what they were doing, knew what they were talking about. Right. And the first day of class, my, my instructor, the guy who's worked with all those people came in and he's like, rule number one, always be on time. Wow. <laughs> and he's like, on time means early. Right. You know, we had that early's on time, on time's late, late's unforgivable. Yeah. Or it's like pick up your check or just walk back out the door. Yeah. Right. It's a pet peeve of mine. I'm the band leader for all my bands. And I'm very lucky that everybody that I deal with right now are reliable. They are on time. But man, I've dealt with the people that are late constantly. Uh-huh. And it, it's, it sends a bad message to people. It sends a message that you don't care. Right. That you're wasting other people's time and right. you just don't care. Yeah. You know. Now, did you seek out the other band members or did they, you know, like you don't run an ad in the paper or something like that, or did they hear about it through the grapevine and maybe contact you? Or how did you go about getting the members of the band, Mr. Blue Sky? So being in the in the business as long as I have and knowing as many people as I do because I've networked, mm-hmm. okay, there you go. That's where that pays off. I was able to find the people that I needed. Some of them 
I remember I, I put a post on, on Facebook before I started the tribute. If I started an ELO tribute, would you come see it? You know, and everybody's like, oh, my God, yes, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and, a, and a couple of people who were in the band was like, if you do that, let me know because I'd love to do it. But so a couple of them came that way. Ben, our bass player, plays with me in Vote for Pedro. And the other people, you know, the string players were going to be the, the tough one. Right. Because I know plenty of guitar players and bass players and drummers and stuff, but I I've, I don't deal with the symphonic scene at all. But I, I was able to find Jake and Abby and Jesse like pretty easily. We started out with just one violinist, Jesse, and then Abby actually got a hold of me and was like, I see you're doing the CLO thing. If you ever consider adding a second violin, let me know. And right when she messaged me, I was thinking about adding a second violin. So yeah. it was almost kind of like the thing was meant to be as easily as it came together. Mm -hmm. Because when I started it, I, I knew I was going to need nine other people. And I told myself, you know, I'll give it a whirl trying to find these people. And if it doesn't, if I have a hard time, I'll probably just throw it away. Mm -hmm. But it came together, like literally in like a week, I had everybody <laughs> I needed. And like I said, a lot of it, it was just being a being around the scene for a long time, knowing the right people to network with and ask, Hey, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a cello player. Can you recommend somebody? And you know, someone... and Jake's the guy in town. Yeah. Jake is Mr. Rock and roll cello player. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. I, I love what he had. He says his solo repertoire includes popular melodies from the last couple hundred years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And That's it's great. We talked about the Eagles earlier. He will be performing with the Eagles. Right. Right. Uh, they're having a local string ensemble with them and Jake will be with, with them. Crazy. So. Chesterfield Amphitheater, September 23rd, Friday. Uh -huh. Go to Eventbrite or Mr. Blue Sky music.com to get more information. Yeah. So, Mark, let's maybe we can hear a little bit more of a little different portion of that clip. Okay, sure. Again, we're talking to Jeff Faulkner, and this is about the Chesterfield Amphitheater presentation, Mr. Blue Sky, a tribute to the Electric Light Orchestra on September 23rd. Let's listen a little bit. crowd went wild. Yes. That was voted, Mr. Blue Sky was voted the happiest song ever written. 
by somebody. I don't know. <laughs> we'll vote on that one. <laughs> well, what's your What's your favorite? Oh man! Oh come on! <laughs> That's a tough question now. Usually, my favorites are ones that we've recently added. Uh-huh. Uh, we just started doing "I'm Alive" from the Xanadu soundtrack. I, uh-huh. I I really like like that song. It's 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 a challenge to sing, mm-hmm. but great melody going on, and it's a fun one to what's play. The, what's the challenge about it singing? He is he's up there. Falsetto. Well, he's. Using his falsetto, but he just his organic voice is wow pretty high up there too, yeah. You know, so and then he goes up, it goes up a key at the end there too to make it harder, <laughs> yeah, right? <why laughs> to not? sing, yeah. you know, I, I really get. I don't think he ever played that live, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. If, yeah, how would you? You do that all in studio, right? You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. If if he did, he'd be like, why did I? Why did I? Why did I do so that? High, you know? <laughs> why did I do that? I, I see a lot of similarities between ELO and some people may disagree with me and Queen as it relates to Freddie Mercury and layering things and he did a lot of stuff in studio that was just crazy oh yeah yeah Queen to me is one of my favorite bands of all time too but vocally there are a lot of similarities in how they layered stuff yeah. Did, did they, those guys know each other at all or? Bro, that I don't know okay. it wouldn't surprise me if they Cross paths, definitely cross paths. But maybe even uh, they may have toured together at some mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I know ELO did a tour with Hall and Oates, which was kind of weird. That is weird. <laughs> yeah. That is weird. Now come on, that's crazy. It's like and opposites attract. I it guess. is. Well, and uh, a local that. band, Pavlov's Dog. Oh yeah. They toured with ELO. Really? Uh, wow. Back I never in the knew that. back in the late 70s, I believe, and they, they did like a. A Canadian tour with them and Steve Scorfina, who still lives here, mm-hmm. he was in the band at that time. Oh. He was in pa- Pavlov's dog at that time, and uh, I talked to him a little bit about it. And he's like, "Yeah, they were all real nice, you know." And Jeff Lynn, he said they became pretty good friends with Hugh McDonald, which was ELO's cello player. And he said that Jeff Lynn, they they didn't really hang out with him. But they would see him at sound checks and around the, the venues and stuff, and he was always just like 100% business, like wow. no, no fart jokes or anything, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's, <laughs> why, that's why you have a great product like you have with ELO, you know. I think that's it. Yeah, I think he was very serious about what he was doing, and yeah. and um, but by all accounts, from everyone I've ever talked to who have met him, say he's one of the nicest people. You know, cordial. And he's still going. He's still pushing things, isn't he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They just put out an album. <clears throat> they put out a new record uh, a couple of years before the pandemic hit. Wow. Yeah. And it's a great album. Wow. Alone in the Universe. Yeah. It's a really good album. Really? Yeah. That's cra- wow. So, folks, if you want to check this out. I do. I do. Yeah. <laughs> I check do. it out. <laughs> Chesterfield Amphitheater, September 23rd. That's a Friday. Doors open at 6 p.m. The show starts at 7.30. Tickets in advance, $20. $60 for a four-pack, mm-hmm. $25 at the door. What a deal. You can go to Eventbrite to get more information for tickets, or you can go to Mr. Blue Sky Music. And, my gosh, Jeff Faulkner, thanks for coming in today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's what been a, fun. What a great time. I appreciate that. Let's uh, want, go out listening yeah. to some of the okay. Mr. Blue Sky. And all our best to Jake. Huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> 